Keeping it real on cliffcentral.com. Pan African Connect on cliffcentral.com. Well, it's Monday afternoon. My name is Rosie Mutena, a.k.a. the Afro-Yiddish Princess. It is 3 o'clock. Welcome to my show, Pan-African Connect, where we connect you to all four corners of our beautiful continent, finding out about different traditions, cultures, what people are doing, how they live their lives, what inspires them, and, of course, why they believe in the Pan-African spirit. But And this week, we go to Zimbabwe, and we're going to be speaking to my brother, uh, Mr. Albert Nyati, who is world-renowned musician, poet. Uh, he's written a fantastic book for young girls. He does a lot of educational pro- uh, programs on the continent and also in the UK. He's traveled the world. You might know him through his song, Senzani Now, which was written after the assassination of Mr. Chris Harney. Uh, also, just phenomenal, phenomenal individual who we're going to connect to, find out about how he got to where he's, where, where he's gotten to. And also, uh, one of the challenger, challenges that he's faced of being a, a male activist in Africa. But before we get to Mr. Nyati, we're going to start the show like we always do. Yeah, uh-huh, you know what it is. It's 
It's Monday afternoon. It is eight minutes past three. My name is Rosie Motena, a.k.a. the Afro-Yiddish Princess. Welcome to my show, Pan-African Connect, where we find beautiful stories, interesting people from all across our wonderful continent. And today, we're heading to Zimbabwe. I'm going to be chatting to my, my brother, my friend, my colleague. He is a musician, a poet, a phenomenal writer, and... Just general, really, really great individual. Uh, if you want to call us, give us a shout on 0861-555-189. Of course, I'm on Twitter, uh, either at cliffcentral.com or Rosie Motene um, or Princess RTM. And, of course, on Facebook and Instagram. But let me introduce my wonderful friend, Mr. Albert Inyati. How are you, my brother? I am fine, Rosie. How are you? Very, very, very good. So glad that we could finally get this together. How is Zimbabwe doing today? Zimbabwe is fine. Uh, it's a little bit hot today. Mm-hmm. Uh, some wind as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But let's let's before we get into to the amazing work that you've done, not only on the continent but around the world. You you grew up in Bulawayo, am I correct? Yes, I was born in the countryside uh, uh, of Gwanda, mm-hmm. rural Gwanda, and then I grew up in Bulawayo, mm-hmm. and then uh, there was one university in Zimbabwe called the University of Zimbabwe. I went to Harare because of the uh, of studies. And and when you were, were growing up, did you always want to be a, a performer? Did you always want to be within the arts? Um, I'm not sure. I suppose it all came about because uh, my mother would uh, give me or you know, shower me with uh, clan praises. This mm-hmm. time I brought a rabbit home, you know, yes. a hare or a, a, a kudu or um, uh, an impala or something like that. Yeah. So she would shower me with, uh, you know, my uh, my praises, you know, the, the clan praises. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I'd feel good. <laughs> I suppose those were the roots, the formative stages, as it were. <laughs> The beginning of it all, and then at one point you worked uh, for the natural the, the the National Arts Council of Zimbabwe, and then you gave up that job to pursue your career in in, mu- in music. Now, yes, and, any, anybody who 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 gives up that or or decides to take that leap of faith, I mean, there's a lot of anxiety that's involved in that. Um, tell us about the process uh, of what actually led you to realize that actually this is my my passion, this is what I want to do, and and your belief in actually just doing it. Well. Um I'll tell you what, as soon as I finished university, I never applied for a job because the director of the Arts Council saw me um, giving a talk um, among students and mm-hmm. then approached me and said, there's a job for a publications and information officer at the Arts Council if you want, if you really want to there. And I, I got the job. Wow. Um, however, with time, I, you know, as I made inroads into the arts, um, with time, I found myself having lots of invitations to various countries, Denmark, Sweden, Holland, uh, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. And eventually I was somehow persuaded to leave my job. I actually quit as acting director. I was the director of the Arts Council for two years in an acting capacity. Mm-hmm. But I, I decided to, to go for the arts because for me it was lots of fun. Uh, you are a public teacher. You are teaching the public. Yeah. Uh, specific uh, issues from your viewpoint, as it were. Yeah. And your your first piece that 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 you you put together, your first first uh, music or poetry piece. What what do you do? Do you remember the inspiration and what it was about? Uh, pardon me. I'm saying your first piece of music that 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 you that you um, composed. Do you remember what it was about and and what it, and what was it? Well, I cannot quite recall because you know it all I think um, I just I can't remember mm-hmm. the thoughts the that I did when I was young uh, but um, my highlight my major highlight really was a song uh, called Senzenina mm. I know there is a, there is a version called Senzenina you know the, the South African uh, struggle version yes there is one that I composed on the day that Chris Honey was um, assassinated. Mm. It's called Senzenina, which goes with the poem. And um, and then I recorded that in 1994, mm-hmm. and it almost became some kind of national anthem in Zimbabwe. Even up to now, people 
um, uh, talk about it, people sing it around when they see me mm. um, on the streets and so on and so forth. And I did a video. Um, yeah, but the very first one, I, I, it's difficult for me to remember. Yeah, but 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 with uh, the the Sinzeni now, I mean, it wasn't just uh, uh, known in Zimbabwe. I mean, it's become incredibly um, prolific in South Africa as well, and and especially because it was around around this assassination of of, of Mr. Chris Hani. And what what was your your inspiration for doing it um, straight after his uh, after his um, untimely death? Um. Well, I suppose that, you know, I grew up under ZAPU, Zimbabwe African People's Union, mm. uh, led by Joshua Nkomo. Mm. And ZIPRA, uh, which was the, um, ZIPRA was the, uh, um, the, 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 the military wing of, of, of ZAPU. Mm-hmm. And they naturally worked closely with the control CJ, with the uh, African National Congress in, in Zambia. I remember one day at Zimbabwe House, I saw Chris Honey, uh, people like Joe Molise, um, and so on and so forth. And um, um, when when he he was assassinated, I imagine somebody had spent so many years out of his country, and suddenly coming home, you are shot dead. For me, I was imagining how it felt to his children. Mm. Um, I remember also that later on in life, uh, it must have been 1996, I met a lady called Limpo, Limpo Hani mm. in Amsterdam. I, I had a show, actually, um, no, it was not Amsterdam. I had a show in Amsterdam, and uh, I was then invited to, to Den Haag, The Hague, mm. to perform when um, she came along. Um, uh, I felt tears rolling down my cheeks when I saw her and imagined that uh, that's what happened to her husband. Mm. And for me, I was uh, highly charged with inspiration when that happened because I was working closely with the African National Congress. Apparently, at the University of Zimbabwe, I used to represent the ANC during um, specific days um, um, that were chosen um, uh, by the student leadership. Yeah. Um, culture Day and so on and so forth. I would come in for the ANC, African National Congress. So I was so attached to to, to that aspect that uh, when Chris Honey was shot, that uh, it gave me uh, very uh, serious emotions, and I composed that poem. Mm. Because because that so that song has invoked so many emotions, um, you know, for people who were living in South Africa at the time, and and also all around the world. Because um, you know, when I was doing my research on you, there there are so many other um, uh, or- orchestras, so many other p- performers who have who have made their their uh, renditions of the song, you know. So it's 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 not something that's that just res- resonated with 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 Africa itself, but it's actually just become one of those global iconic um, um, music uh, songs, if, if you want if you want to call it that. Yeah, actually, there there, there are two versions. There's the version which 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 was uh, uh, performed. Uh, by the um, African National Congress during the struggle. Yeah. Uh, the you know, the mm. And then I worked on Senzenina, you know, what crimes have we committed? Yeah. Yeah, that's the, the version that I worked on. Um, they, are, they, are, they are two slightly different ones, but they have the same title of Senzenina mm. and the other Senzenina. And moving on to to some of your poetry, we'll be, I'm going to play a version of that just a little bit in a little bit, a while for our listeners just to get a taste of what the song is about. But in terms of of your poetry, what do you have a a strong message that you send through your poetry when when, when you sit down to to write a piece? Uh, when I write, uh, usually, um, well, first of all, I normally write at night. Mm. Um, I fail to sleep. Um, I wake up around 2.30, 3 o'clock in the morning, and I start writing. When I'm fully charged with, with um, um, inspiration, I write till close to morning, and I sleep around 5 in the morning. Wow. Um, I write uh, about all sorts of things. Um, 
you know, name it. In this country, in Zimbabwe, I've been invited to write, for instance, about even a Ford Ranger, a car, a car, <laughs> a, a vehicle called Ford Ranger. They asked me to write when they were launching it. Yeah. I've been asked to write about, um, um, you know, virtually anything you can think of. But when I write on my well, that is commissioned work. But when I write on my own, I get inspired by the creativity of people around around me. Everything, anything that happens around me. Mm-hmm. Um, I remember one of my poems is called "My Daughter." That one is really taken over from Tanzania. Are really like taken over. Yeah. And yet the other, and it's a book, by the way. Uh, it's in, um, there is a gentleman from uh, uh, Nigeria. I can't remember. It's called. Uche, Onyoyuke, something like that. He took the book and said he wanted to get it to schools in Nigeria. Yeah. I just got a request from the city, from a school, and so on and so forth. That book has done very well. Yeah. And we are now writing a sequel to that one yeah. called well, My Son. But, but, but let's just but let's just unpack um, my daughter. What what are the main elements and 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 um, what messages are being sent through there? Because I mean, it's an incredible, a powerful piece of writing. But just for so our listeners can get a better understanding of what the book is about. Uh, well, I suppose this is just merely a poem. Mm. It's simply a poem, and uh, how I wrote it is that uh, when my daughter was saying about fourteen, fifteen, I can't remember the specific year. Um, instead of a cake or um, a postcard, she found about four or five lines on her um, on her bed mm. because you know she she had changed a little bit. She was no longer the daughter I knew, mm. you know, the little sweet little one. Um, <laughs> she was <laughs> she was now making a few demands that I couldn't understand. Yeah. And as a father, I was not sure how to respond. Yeah. And when I asked some of my friends in Europe, they were saying, oh, well, it's not Africa alone. We also don't know how to respond. <laughs> and they're about 15, 17, <laughs> 14, 15, 17. Yeah. And you want me to just uh, uh, perform it for you? Yes, please. My daughter, when I demand that you be home before dark every day, I, my daughter, do not hate you, dear. I am merely trying to protect you from the jaws of the drooling hyenas that love to fist in the dark. From the panting leopards lurking in the dark, stalking you like ghosts almost ready to leap at you. When I say be home before dark every day, I am merely trying to protect you, dear, from the hungry lion silently eyeing you, smacking their lips ready to pounce on you. From the jittery and jumpy, jumpy monkeys leaping from tree to tree and from branch to branch with no particular base. Dear daughter, when I say be home before dark every day, I am merely doing what fathers should do. It is my duty to protect you from the black members that hate to miss the target. They all want to win your heart, dear. And remember, remember, the python preys on its victim by changing colors. Oh, oh, great, oh, And the beautiful daughter has seen darkness has no eyes. That is really a snippet. Beautiful, beautiful. And, and what was her response to it? I mean, what is, where, where is your relationship now with her? Um, you, you mean between me and my daughter? Yes. <laughs> well, uh, well, yeah, we we are good friends. We talk. I think I think that that the, the few lines that I wrote, I think they were about four or five, mm. opened up a conversation because it was very difficult for me to start off. So because of this poem, and that's what many people who have bought book, the book tell me. I mean, I meet a lot of girls. Although I wrote it initially for my daughter, mm. it's really for our daughters because all of them experience the same thing. You can imagine that we are all afraid of snakes, afraid of crocodiles. Mm. But there are some that we need to be afraid of. The butterfly, <laughs> you know, the peacock. Mm. It, it looks so beautiful, but it can be the most dangerous of them all. Yeah. Uh, so my daughter, I think that uh, we... This poem opened up a conversation between me and her, and this poem apparently has opened up some conversations between fathers and mothers, mm. uh, rather fathers and daughters, yeah. and mothers and daughters. Mm. 
Because it's also, it's also very, very important now because you have a lot of single parents raising their children. You know, there are a lot of single fathers out there who are, you know, also questioning the, these different type of things, um, question whether they're doing something wrong or um, what, what path to go on. So it's definitely a, a global issue. It's scary, actually, to imagine, especially with HIV around. Mm. Um, it, I think it's good for parents to uh, have the dialogue with their children, both boys and girls, be able to open up, talk about these things. Because obviously, as you can understand, as you may understand from our, you know, from our culture, cultural point of view, it's difficult to, to, to talk about issues of sexuality and all that goes with it, with your own daughter yeah. or with your own son. Yeah. But that time has come. And some schools, some teachers that have come across this book tell me that he has made it easy for us to teach uh, in schools to yeah. talk about these things. Yeah. Because uh, we start from there. Obviously, I'm not talking of animals. Mm. Obviously, even the folklore, the stories about the rabbit and the baboon are not meant for rabbits and baboons. They yeah. are not meant for animals. They are meant for people. And therefore, it's easier uh, uh, to understand from that point of view. Yeah. Yeah. And and, and uh, you and you mentioned now that that there's going to that there's going to be a sequel to 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 the book. Let's 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 touch on that for now. You were saying? Um, you said that there's going to be a sequel to to my daughter, a follow yes, up after the book. Yes, sequel. Uh, just a snippet of it. This is a a poem uh, again, which is going to be in the form of a book. Yeah. Where to be launched next year, um, here in Zimbabwe, and hopefully I may be able to to launch it in a few countries, including South Africa. Probably. Yeah. Um. This one is, I wrote it with a friend of mine called Ignatius Mavasa, yeah. who is uh, very uh, creative, and I said, Look, let's come together on this one. And of course, apparently there is going to be one called My Mother. But before talking about my mother, I think I would rather talk about my son. My son um, came about because a lot of parents were saying to me, Look, we love you. Some parents were saying, I bought your book for my daughter. But I also have a son. Are you aware that uh, sons also go through uh, tough times? And really, I, I, think I hadn't thought about it. Mm. And here is just a snippet. Uh, my son shakes spear. Do not just shake your spear everywhere. There are wounded leopards and buffaloes and antelopes from previous encounters with hunters. They are angry, you know. They may want revenge. Let it not be you, my son, Shakespeare. My son, never give your heart to the elephant. It will tremble and toss it to the laughing hyenas, who will chop your possessions without care, leading you to the valley of the shadow of death, where the vulture will massage you to the bone, my son. My son, never step baby animal. That is no manhood. My son... Sometimes you must listen to your fear. That is beautiful, beautiful. <laughs> and, um, I mean, your poetry is also just, in terms of the work that you've been doing, you're doing, has also uh, been transcendent. To, you've done a lot of work in the UK. And one of the projects that you were involved with was the Chelsea Football Club in 2005, where yeah. you were walking, working with children, creating poetry against racism in football. Tell us about that program. Oh, oh, it was, it was, it was amazing. Um, um, in 2005, I was invited by Chelsea Football Club to. Apparently, I'm Liverpool, <laughs> but I've since shifted. <laughs> I, well, I, I wasn't going to say, going to say anything about the choice of football because, because you know, I'm a Man United supporter. But, but for this time, we'll, 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 we'll talk about Chelsea. Otherwise, we never mention the the, the team. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, I've shifted to, to Chelsea. Well, if you go uh, to Chelsea Football Club. Um, uh, today you will see me hanging on their on their education department walls. Apparently, in my traditional attire. Apparently, all almost all those clubs have education departments where children come around and and, and learn not only some football but other issues. Mm. So in 2005, I was invited. We have gone on a tour with my group touring uh, Europe, and I then got invited by Chelsea Football Club in collaboration with Kick It Out. There's a magazine called Kick It Out. Mm. Kick, kick races, season out of football. 
and then uh, uh, the Westminster and pa- Westminster and Paddington um, uh, town libraries. Mm-hmm. Uh, so uh, they asked me to work with children creating poetry against racism in football uh, in the junior library. And we did that. Uh, we created lots of uh, little poems with primary school children. Mm. And then um, eventually, uh, when Chess was playing uh, Bolton, apparently I had a show in a town called Norwich. Norwich. Yeah. I, I think North or something. Norwich, yeah. So, yeah, yeah. I had to, to go to the ground, perform a little bit, cross the ground with children, and we had banners written racism out of football and I met uh, people like uh, uh, players like John Terry, Frank Lampard, Didier uh, Drogba Drog, uh, and a gentleman called Peter Osgood who was said to be the king of Stamford Bridge but he was an old man now. Mm-hmm. I was wondering why they were making me take photos with him. But I didn't realize who he had been such a star. <laughs> the, 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 I was with the special one, yeah. the called one, Jose Mourinho. <laughs> <laughs> wow. We're just going to take a quick break because we, we, need, we need to pay for our sponsors. And then we're just going to play also another version of Senzanina. But stay on the line because we, I want to pick up on, on other famous people that you've met. And, and of course, the, the amazing places that you've toured. So we'll be back right after this. <laughs> Pan-African Connect on cliffcentral.com At iStore, we love Apple stuff, but we're only human. Sometimes we drop our iPhones on the road, face down, and it makes us sad. That's why we came up with iCare Plus, a nifty little product exclusive to iStore for when stupid things happen to good people with awesome phones. It'll have your beloved iPhone covered for water, screen, and physical damage. So come to iStore. Why would you go anywhere else? Visit myistore.co.za for more info. T's and C's apply. Powerful, powerful words. We sitting in the studio here with with goosebumps because um, doesn't matter where you are in the world. If you hear that song, it it just invokes this crazy feeling in 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 you. And um, I just needed to play that because um, our guest, who I'm talking to from Zimbabwe, Mr. Albert Inyati, uh, wrote a poem along that along the along those lines um, straight after our our great hero, Mr. Chris Harney, was assassinated. Welcome back to the show. If you'd like to give us a shout, the number is 0861-555-189. I'm on Twitter at PrincessRTM, of course, at CliffCentral.com. And we're on Facebook, we're on Instagram, under Rosie Mutena or Cliff Central. Mr. Albert Nyati, so you've also traveled all around the world. Which have been your most memorable tours that you've done? Because, I mean, you've done, you've done Belgium, you've done Italy, uh, whereas you've done the USA, you've done Sweden, you've done yeah, various I, countries I, in I, Africa. I, I suppose that uh, the most memorable would have been, I think, where there are a number. But I think Hawaii uh, was amazing for me. Yeah. Just the sheer cleanliness of, the, of Honolulu. Mm. The fact that as you arrive at the airport, they, they, they um, adorn you with, uh, with uh, 
with flowers on your on your neck, mm-hmm. and you're going to see a very clean uh, a clean city called Honolulu. Honolulu, and and you know that's where I learned how to swim. Actually, apparently I was I learned it as an old boy, really, as an old man. Um, I, I, for me, it was memorable. Mm-hmm. I had people crying. I, I could see people crying when I was doing the the poem uh, for the Severina song. Mm. But it was also depressing. It, apparently, um, we when we go on tour, um, we no longer have Severina as part of the the um, what you call it um, the repertoire. Mm. We no longer because uh, sometimes people cry and we don't like it. Mm. We used to have it, um, um, you know, and we replaced it uh, with. Um, um, uh, you know, I, I, I usually tour. With, I got uh, a, a friend, a friend called Makuna Fatere from Guadalu Natal. Mm. He's from Mbange, Mbakani. So I incorporated him in. So we got some nice songs that we like. Makondana, mm. you know, he plays Shabala Larudim and the guy called Katas. So uh, we called David Junkie as well. So we decided to to dilute that kind of 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 grief with some Matkandi music uh, from Guadalupe, and it, it, it kind of lightens it up. Mm. Yeah. And um, what was the response besides, I mean, you saw people that were, were, were crying and, and, and um, invoked, obviously, some form of emotion. But what, 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 other, what other responses have you gotten from people when you're touring a different country? Um, people love the music very mm. much. Um, they also love the poetry. Um, this has really forced me to um, create a little books out of certain poems. Um, for instance, uh, the, I can't remember, the, but I know, I do know that there's a poem that I wrote about England, mm. um, and it's called This is England, and I was writing about how they, how no one gives the other a lift when driving to work, even if one is your neighbor. So the, the country is congested with cars, and so on and so forth. And Denmark, I spent six months in Denmark in mm. 1994, and I wrote a lot about Denmark. So uh, it's all contained in my book called um, Echoes from Zimbabwe. There's a section called a section uh, called uh, Reflections. Yeah. So it's lots of Denmark in there, and the the response has been amazing. I mean, almost unbelievable sometimes. Yeah. Really, um, I I don't have words <laughs> for it. It's been amazing. And sometimes I just look at myself um, and, and say, yeah, this is it. <laughs> You've got to pinch yourself and think, is this really happening to me? But but what I love about you is that, yes, you write beautiful poems and, and, and create beautiful music, but you also believe in giving back and you do a lot of empowerment with women and children. Um, I mean, that's that's exactly how we met when you were, when you were at the, on the advisory council for you and women. Have you had many challenges because, as, as we know, for decades, um, fighting the woman's fight has always been on the shoulders of women. And there are very few soldiers, to, per se, who have stood up like you have. Have you had any many, many challenges or people ostracizing you for, for taking those stands? No, uh, not really. Mm-hmm. Um, apparently, in Zimbabwe, there is a lot of support. Uh, they even created a ministry responsible for women for gender and women affairs. Mm-hmm. Um, there is even a, 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 an organization by men. Um, it's called Padare Enkunzen, um, uh, which um, is dedicated to working on issues to do with gender in particular, gender violence, mm-hmm. gender-based violence, and so on and so forth. So instead of resistance, there has been a lot of support. As I speak to you right now, I'm working on a, a, a music CD which um, contains um, about 16 to 15 languages oh, wow. that I recognize uh, within our constitution. Um, and I'm going to be going to various parts of Zimbabwe where the, in Gwanda, for instance, they speak Sutu, mm. in Beitwich they speak Zenda, in um, in in uh, Binga, they speak Tonga. In 
Wow. Wanki, they speak uh, Nambia, then in uh, Chirezi, they speak Shangani, mm-hmm. and uh, um, in them, they, they speak Tosa. But the dominant languages are Shona in Debele. Mm-hmm. So these two have been dominant and dominating every other sphere. So I'm saying that the uh, small language groups, um, the my, so-called minority groups, also deserve space. So this album is going to be on issues of gender-based violence, on issues of gender, um, on uniting to end violence against women and girls, and it's going to be in the various languages by various artists. So I'm going to audition, I'm going to go from district to district, picking on doors. Mm-hmm. Remember when Zilligas left, well, uh, left uh, uh, KwaZulu Natal in uh, 18, I think 1820-something, yeah. he, along the way, uh, incorporated a number of uh, nationalities. This is why we have so many languages in Zimbabwe. Uh, some of them you find in, in South Africa. Yeah, there's they a lot of crossover. By, you see, Devele, you see Devele is actually Zulu. They were brought by Mzilligan. Mm. So um, we are going to have that kind of album, which will be accompanied by a documentary mm-hmm. um, on issues of violence on women and girls. Yeah. And what what is the state at the moment in in Zimbabwe? I mean, I know in South Africa we're in dire straits, and and um, you know the statistics of 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 sexual violence against women and children is still it's 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 es- escalating. What is what is the state of, of Hello, Rose? is is there change within Zimbabwe? Hello, yeah, I didn't get you. Um, I said uh, the the state of of woman empowerment and, and rather of uh, violence against women and children in Zimbabwe. Uh, where where is it now? Has there been progress? I think there is um, some progress happening um, in some way. Uh, although we still have a long way to go, we mm. have people who who don't believe in that kind of thing. Yeah, but slowly, slowly, and using music, using the performing arts, theatre poetry, comedy, dance, mm. we are going to slowly work on the minds of the people yeah. to see the new world. We are not living in an old uh, world where, uh, you know, you have situations where women would be battered by husbands, mm. wives would be battered by husbands, and lack of respect for women in general in mm. some cases. Um, we, things are changing slowly. Yeah. Yeah. And now in 2009, you, you did an educational program at the, the, the Winchmore Secondary School. What was that initiative about? Oh, okay. Um, in 2009 and 2010, mm. I was the British Council International Climate Icon. So the, um, my, my work involved me working uh, with children in various schools in Vulawayo, Harare, and London. Um, uh, creating poetry based on climate change and environmental degradation, uh, both primary and secondary schools. Um, um, so we um, created these poems. Uh, first of all, I would get into a class, mm-hmm. discuss what poetry is, you know, issues of metaphors, imagery, and all, mm-hmm. you know, the various poetic devices needed in a poem. And then we discuss uh, the actual subject, which is environment or climate change. Okay. After which I then ask uh, children to choose a specific theme or topic. And then each child goes away to write a line on that. When they spend about 20 minutes to write one line. Mm-hmm. Right? Uh, we talk about the, the necessity to be very uh, mean with words, to be very, um, very economic, you know, with words, yeah, you know, word choice, diction, very important. So they go away with this knowledge, uh, you know, spend some time working on the line. Sometimes you are allowed to write two lines, mm-hmm. and when they come back, we then uh, start um, by asking who is confident enough to start off to kick it off. The and then the, our the teacher becomes our our secretary, or one of the students becomes our secretary who goes on the board yeah. and starts writing. And you should see the fight. Initially, students start by being very shy, mm-hmm. but eventually they start, you know, really uh, getting animated over certain use of words. They, they, you know, we start editing collectively. 
it's amazing the excitement and so on and so forth. So that has won me, won me many hearts in a number of um, a, a number of countries, really, yeah. uh, but particularly in the United Kingdom, in, in, in Northern Ireland, in, in Wales, in, in, and, and, and so on and so forth. And in England, they keep, begin to be confident and they start saying, oh, no, sir, I think that word is wrong. I think that <laughs> phrase is wrong. We should have that. And they start, you know, it's so amazing. Yeah. And um, I, I have started doing that at home as well. Mm. But you, but you, you also. I mean, you love nurturing and 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 working on talents, especially for young people. And I mean, you've worked with an, a number of people. For instance, um, Mem, uh, what's it, Marion Kononga, Iyasa, who's also had had international acclaim. Let's talk about yeah. what 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 nurturing and and I suppose you could call it what mentorship you've offered um, the young talent of Zimbabwe. I have enjoyed that very much. Mm-hmm. Um, remember, I myself. Uh, was mentored by people like Love Moma Chaivana mm. to some extent, and people like Oliver Mtukudzi. Um, I knew him when I was still at school. I knew them when I was still at school until they became my friends. Yeah. And, you know, in, to some extent, they've given me a, a lot of inspiration, a lot of uh, wise words, and, and I faced the world at, at least a lot more wealthier in mind because they forewarned me um, about issues to do with music, issues mm. to do with uh, being, uh, you know, public. Yeah. Sure. And, and, and putting that message out, of course. And, yes, uh, I mean, you've mentioned Oliver. And are you, what, what's on the plans in terms of collaborations with other artists, local and international? Oh, there's a lot. Um, I have a lot. Um, I, I, I suppose one day we're going to have another interview when I'm more relaxed. <laughs> there's a project that I'm working on right now. Mm. Um, it's, it's, uh, it's massive. Mm. And I will only tell you when. <laughs> yes, let, let's, let's not jinx it. Tell me when, 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 it's, when it's ready to be, to be launched. Yes, I'll, I'll tell you when it's ready to be launched. Yeah. Um, it's huge. That one is, is going to take me 10 years. I, I mean... Um, I'm um, I'm I'm only a year into it, yeah. working on it. Uh, but uh, I suppose from next year we begin to concretize, and about 2017 we're ready uh, to tour the world. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, we're working on it uh, slowly but surely. Yeah, yeah. Good luck. I'm I'm going to hold you to it in a couple of years' time. I'm going to give you a shout and ask you. But what what other community projects have you have you have you worked on? Well, um, I come from a very dry uh, place. Uh, called Gwanda. Mm-hmm. And Gwanda is about, with my home is about 30 kilometers from the border of Botswana. Mm-hmm. And naturally, we are affected by the Kalahari Desert. So, therefore, the area is dry. Mm. And when I grew up, I was very, uh, very naughty. I never liked school at all. <laughs> I used to run away from school because teachers were, you know, very horrible. They would beat us up. <laughs> Um, because we used to be playful. Mm. Now, um, playing back, because also, you know, when you are young and naughty and stealing watermelons and uh, sugar cane from people's fields, <laughs> uh, when you are grown up, you then begin to want to pay back. So, um, by way of paying back, uh, in uh, where I come from, I drilled a borehole with the help of a school uh, that I visited two weeks ago in the UK called um, Christ's Hospital School, mm-hmm. uh, which was established in 1552 by King Edward, who died very young. Um, well, I drilled the borehole and with the help of many friends, including Chelsea, the wife to Peter Osgood, mm-hmm. who used to play for Chelsea, including a friend of mine called Deborah French uh, in the US and so on and so forth, quite a number of and seeds for Africa. Mm. Now, we drilled a borehole, and then we installed a solar pumping system because we don't have electricity, so we used solar. Mm. And then now, uh, this year, we started uh, 2011 drilling the borehole, 2012 installing uh, the solar pumping system, 2013 we started fencing properly instead of using uh, tree branches. And... uh, 2014, uh, last year, we installed 
what they call what we call a drip irrigation system, mm-hmm. right? And we installed the greenhouse. So the villagers, uh, it helps about. I think that whole place uh, has about. It's more like a co-op, but has about over 200 people involved. Wow! It's one hectare, and they um, I cultivate uh, vegetables of uh, various nature. Uh, tomatoes, cabbages, um, uh, and so on and so forth. Um, onions, carrots. Uh, they even want to go into citrus fruit now. And for me, that is the ultimate that I can ever do for my, you know, the people uh, who looked after me when I was young, yeah. growing. You literally, you're literally giving back to the soil that, that, that yes. you came from. Mm. Yes, yes. And they are very happy. And I, I mean, things have changed. It's a dry area, and usually they depend on food relief from uh, uh, donor agencies and sometimes the government. But now what, what has happened is that normally you get uh, maize, maize, you know, maize, uh, maize meal, you get uh, cooking oil and sugar beans, and that's it. So what they are doing now is to kind of supplement that. And initially, when I started this, I was thinking of orphans, particularly orphans uh, uh, affected by the death, uh, uh, affected by HIV, mm-hmm. which which has um, really caused havoc in the area, mm-hmm. like everywhere else. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but initially, that's what I thought initially. However, eventually I thought, look, there is no home that is without orphans. So every home has an orphan or two or more. Mm. Therefore, let me open it up for villagers. And that's how it is mm. as right now. But touching on the HIV epidemic, um, how how has the the government what has the government's influence been in terms of prevention and 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 creating awareness around it? Apparently, very interestingly, I am the Brand Ambassador for Population Services International, mm-hmm. uh, PSI, and I was circumcised last year. Wow! Uh, together with my son, uh, because I'm a public person, so yeah. they thought to use. I'm one of actually. We are about five brand ambassadors for male uh, circumcision. Mm. So uh, the the the, um, the circumcision. On me happened in Bulawayo. I started to go back home and be circumcised. There were over 1,000 people, but of course I was not circumcised in front of them. (laughs) (laughs) That's good. (laughs) I had to go to a change somewhere. Um, No, to a clinic. I mean, (laughs) outside there was entertainment. Mm. Uh, Guest of honor was the mayor of Bulawayo. Mm -hmm. It was all fun. (laughs) 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 However, when time came for me, to be done. Yeah. <laughs> I had to go in. And uh, they, on me, they, I chose a method called pretext, mm. where they use two, uh, two little rings to work on you. And it's, it's bloodless, as it were. Uh, it's less painful, I think. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. So, um, well, um, I suppose those are some of the, the, the um, efforts being done by various stakeholders, including the, the government of this country, to try and reduce... Uh, because... They say that uh, uh, it's been scientifically proven that although um, uh, circumcision does not get rid of HIV, does not prevent HIV, it actually uh, reduces by about 60%. It's been proven scientifically. Uh, um, I, I don't want to say too much on it because then these figures are disputable anywhere in the world. Uh, but I think that is a, a, a World Health Organization yeah. uh, situation. So um, it, it's quite helpful. It, it also helps to, second vision helps to reduce uh, chances of getting cervical cancer on the part of your partner. So I decided to go for it to protect my partner as well. Oh, wow. I, well, I see, I've just learned something new also. That, that, I mean, that's very, very admirable of you. And, and, and in terms of, of the message that it's, that it's getting out, do you think it's reached the, 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 the demographics that it's supposed to have reached? Yes. Um, 
numbers of circumcised men are growing. Mm. Uh, uh, especially, I suppose, last year. I, I, I don't have the figures, but uh, talking to the health authorities, they were telling me that uh, they, are, they are doing well because uh, all of our, our radio stations, television, newspapers, flyers, and so on and so forth, podcasts everywhere, and people are aware. And it's all voluntary, really. Circumcision mm. uh, is voluntary, um, and no one is forced to do it. Mm. Uh, but um, I, I suppose it's uh, quite a good effort. I, I believe, I have also worked with the National Aid Council of Zimbabwe, and there's a program called 90 by 90 by 90, which means, um, well, I, I wrote a, a song together with my other colleagues, uh, the theme song for last year, 2014, and we performed the Victoria Falls uh, to do with ending AIDS by 2030 kind of thing. Wow. In other words, almost reducing by 20, 2020, we should, uh, you know, have reduced uh, new infections by 90%. Yeah. And 90% of those should, of those, those who are infected and affected yeah. uh, should actually access um, treatment yeah. by 2020 and, and so on and so forth. So that by 2030, we have actually done, we have done with AIDS. Yeah. That's the, 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 You've know, eradicated that's the, it, the kicked it out. Desire. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Albert, uh, it's been absolutely wonderful chatting to you. What are, what are, where can people, if they needed to get, get hold of you? I mean, I'll put up your, your, your contact details on my Facebook page, but okay. are you, are you on the social media at all? Are you on Twitter? Yes, yes. Mm. I'm on, I'm on WhatsApp. Okay. Yeah. Okay. You so, my, the numbers. No, 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 no. I'll put that all up on, on our ah, Facebook okay. page. But yes, please let us know. Le, let us know what what you've been up to. When you can reveal <laughs> that big secret, we want to be the first to know, so we can tell our <laughs> listeners and, and spread the word. And and I look forward to to working with you in the near future again. You know, it's 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 not only an honor, but it's it's always just such a pleasure sharing a stage with you because um, oh. I think it's incredibly admirable of what you what you've done, not only for your country. You know, your, your, your name resonates across the world. So oh, we salute you. Thank, thank you. you so much. Oh, merci beaucoup. <laughs> love, lots and lots of love to you and love to your queen, my brother. Thank you. Okay. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. That was Mr. Albert Nyati, all the way from Zimbabwe, talking about the wonderful things he's done. Um, you know, incredibly humble man. Um, and we didn't even get into to the fact, I mean, he's met heads of state. He's met um, people at top of government. He's met royalty around the world. But when you meet him, he's just a phenomenal man. Uh, the guy next door type of thing. So we salute him. I'm, I'm going to be putting up a little bit more information on my Facebook page. I'm also on Twitter at Princess RTM. Uh, drop me a line. Give me advice. Don't what you like, what you don't like in the show. Next week, uh, we're going to be interviewing, uh, Gina West, who's going to be in South Africa. She's a Nigerian, but living in, in Ghana. She's a phenomenal, phenomenal songstress. Um, she actually started off her career as a, as a barrister, so we're going to find out her journey into into to this crazy world of entertainment and and what's what's on the cards for her now. But thank you very much for listening. My name is Rosie Mathena, aka the Afro Yiddish Princess. Tune in next time, next week, same time, same place. Thank you. Pan African Connect on CliffCentral.com.